The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen and guns. October 24th through the 27th, the DC Improv. This week's guest, John Moore, Trevor Delacave, and the executive producer of Hurt Burt, Tim Scott. And it's official. Murdered Out Machine shirts are now available at BurtBurtBurt.com. Get one! This is the Burtcast. It makes you feel, it makes you feel like you're in Georgia because Leanne's from Georgia. Two, two, two. Test. All right. This is my. I apologize. I apologize to everyone that I'm forcing a podcast on this moment. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Oh, that's is. right. I forgot we all did white gorilla together. Gillum. That was before. That was before uh, political correctness. I think. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, do you remember the moment we had? Um, so, in the man cave right now is uh, Trevor Delikov. You may remember him from hit, such hit shows as The Soup Investigates. Yeah. Can you please talk into the fucking it's, mic? I didn't. I'm trying to get it. So it's just not, just hold it in your hand like you're a regular well, human. I can't be bothered to hold it. What are you? <laughs> there we go. Uh, John Let's Moore, uh, executive producer of Joe Schmo. And a new hit show that's about to come out that he can't talk about legally. And uh, and surprise guest, Tim Scott. Thank you. Thank you very much. Tim Scott, for those of you who are listening, was... Uh, were you an executive producer or just a producer? On which show? Seriously? On, on X show? On, the Herb, on Hurt Burt. Oh, on Hurt Burt, executive producer, yeah. Tim Scott was the executive producer of Hurt Burt. One of them, Mark Cronin, but Mark Cronin kind of let the let, let go of it, and it was your show. Yeah, but Mark Cronin's not here, so <laughs> throw him under the bus. Exactly. Yeah. Cronin's week, a, he's here. Cronin's got back. a passion now that he's got millions. He's into boats. He's into exotic foods. I, I, let me tell you something. You give me a million dollars, I'll get to fucking find some passions. Um, he has a dinosaur too, doesn't he? Yeah, he has a dinosaur skeleton. Yeah, he has a, real, a dinosaur a, skeleton, yeah, a small one, like a baby one. And it's real, and it's like he bought it from some museum or something. Are you shitting yeah. me? Where do you where do you keep a dinosaur skeleton? He keeps it uh, in your window. foyer. <laughs> Fucking first thing people say, "Hey, that's my dinosaur. Come on in." I'd be so nervous, I'd trip into it. And yeah, you better be talking to the fucking mic right I'm now, talking. Trevor. I'm telling you right now, Trevor. You also might remember you guys all congratulated him. His uh, wife Christine's pregnant. They released that on the podcast. Yeah. What a great fucking wow. moment. Oh, it was the day touching. before it came out. You're like, you listen to the podcast yet? You listen to it? <laughs> like, no, I get to. Oh, you're gonna love it. Oh, you're, you're gonna, gonna love, love it. it. What is it? I can't tell you. You'll love it. <laughs> so the real. Still, by the way, still getting, still getting. I still get a, a tweet or two a week from people saying, "Congrats, that's nice." Yeah, well, you're nice yeah. people. You're all very nice people. You know, Everyone's if, really nice. Every one of those people would donate a nickel to Baby Delikov. Could you pay could for college. Put a, yeah. Hey, you set up a trust fund. Oh, I thought you. I thought I'm looking at you, waiting for the. I'm like, all right, what's the catch? Like, what no, do we? What do they have to do? Education. What do I have to do for the for them to donate? Sometimes there's no catch. Hence, all of Tim Scott's stories. 
<laughs> Tim Scott's first story told me. Do you remember the first day you moved out to L.A.? Do you remember this story? And you went out to the beach, got a bucket of chicken, and ate the whole bucket of chicken at the sunrise, and then you jacked off and then just drove back. You looked at all the people driving back and goes, have fun standing in my jizz, suckers. <laughs> I go, no, I don't remember that day. <laughs> he goes, you didn't do that? You didn't do that? <laughs> that was one of my favorite. There's three Tim Scott stories that are my favorite stories ever that made me laugh in like those production vans that I'm sure other people did not find as funny. One was... Your dad taking you fishing at five in the morning. Yeah. And he'd make a dozen hard boiled eggs. Yeah. And you'd be just barely awake, and he's like, Here are your eggs. And a big pile of eggs. And, <laughs> and he's chomp. He's happy as hell. It was chomping away. And you have to get all these eggs down and try to hold them down. He's like, You got to eat six eggs like it was cold hand yeah. Luke. <laughs> I mean, he had to, you had to get on the lake before you could see. <laughs> you got to get out there so that we're out there when the sun starts coming up. You've been eating goofballs? Yeah. <laughs> I remember you said that. He was hardcore. What have you been? I mean, he made a, a five-year-old eat six eggs before going. <laughs> yeah, he was Marine, you know, World <laughs> War II. Come on, eat your eggs. Yeah. <laughs> what, have you been eating goofballs all night? Eat your eggs. We got to get on the boat water. And, and I would bring my friends up to the cabin, and then the, you know they would just be sitting there horrified, you know, and he's like, keeps cracking egg after egg. And, <laughs> and my friend's like, why, why is he making so many eggs? I'm like, you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> that, a whole another dozen. It was the story. It was the it was the picture Tim would paint for me that would make it beautiful. I don't need to know all the details because I like to fill them into my head. My other one, the song "Hold On Loosely" by Thirty Eight Special. Do you remember what your favorite thing to do with "Hold On Loosely" was? No, I don't remember. You used to like to get in your houseboat with your mullet and crack a 12-pack of Natty Lights and do laps around the lake and watch all the suckers go to work. Yeah, I worked a third shift. (laughs) And I'd come home, and you know, the minute your body hits the sun, you're wide awake. So grab a 12-pack in the boombox and go out to the pontoon boat and just put it on idle. And the lake wasn't that big, so you'd have to go around, you know. Three hours, you went around like 45 times. (laughs) Just playing. Hold on. Over and over, really loud. And then I could see the freeway on the one side of the lake. I'm like, you guys are going to work. I'm all, all drunk. But the worst part is you come in, you're hammered. And you know, you're hammered like you're usually hammered at 2 in the morning. Yeah. So you order a pizza. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're going to sleep at 6 p.m., but you got to work at 11. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're consistently. I'm not, I haven't even gotten into Bert, uh, her Bert yet because that, I'm dying to hear your insight on that show. Can it, wait, I, how did you land on Hold On Loosely as the song? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I want to know the ones that didn't make the, you know. I remember your eyes. I remember your eyes. I remember your eyes explaining that song to me. I remember your eyes, and I was like, I don't know if I've heard that song. And you lit up. You're like, Hold On, you haven't heard Hold On Loosely? And I was like, yeah. And you're like, come on, this is the perfect song for guys like me and you. And I was like, and then now I've listened to it, and basically it's lyrics that don't apply to either of us. Like, basically, we're so wild that as a woman, you can't hold on too tight because we'll shake free. Mind you, talking to a guy that was married to a woman that owned a bunch of curves, and then me, who was married to a redneck. Like, well, you can hold on as tight as fuck. We weren't going anywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, I like the lyrics. Uh, you see it all around you. Good love and gone bad. Yeah. And usually it's too late when you realize what you had. Yeah. I mean, those are crazy, you know, when we were young. and you know, Bad, re- you know, stupid relationships. You have no now- radar of what relationship to get into. It's like, you like me? Okay. Let's yeah. go. Uh, <laughs> so then I met Tim. Tim, me, Tim, and John worked on the X Show, which was my first TV show. And uh, you were more like uh, I don't know what role you were more into. You were getting ready to sell another show, 
Yeah, let's bowl. You were out the door. Let's bowl. Yeah, you were you were one foot out the door. You yeah. and Gary Arback were like, yeah, we're about rap with this show. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna fucking follow Peter Billingsley. Big friends with Vince Vaughn, yeah. and so uh, and so then uh, and then we got brought back together to do Hurt Burt. Everyone listening to this knows what Hurt Burt. I'll tell you guys what Hurt Burt was. I, I'll tell you. Let me tell you what I, I want. I'm going to tell you the way I pitch Hurt Burt, and you tell me the way you were pitched Hurt Burt. Okay. I take dangerous men's jobs for a day. I walk a mile through another man's shoes. So I was a dominatrix skimp. I was a uh, MMA fighter. I fought four Gracies at once. I was a pro football player, hockey, baseball. Uh, I was a rodeo clown. I fought a bear. I tamed lions. I watched an elephant. And now you tell me how it was pitched to you. That's pretty close. It was Bert walks a mile in another man's shoes, and he usually ends up getting hurt. Not usually. That was the end. That's why the show... Well, they had to get the show in shirt. <laughs> well, I almost died. I almost died on that show. I'll never forget it. I'll never fucking forget it. Uh, Rodeo Clown. Do you remember this day? Yeah. We had eaten We had eaten some Xanax the night before and had some tall boys at a Mexican restaurant. and had a few. I remember having like four or five going, nah, that was one too many. And then slept. We had a call time at like five in the morning. We went out. And I never knew what we were doing before we did it. So I just rolled up and we did it. And it was, uh, and it was a fucking... Just an open air tin top with doves coming out of it, and it was a bull. And I remember being like, "I'm not why do we, you didn't know you were going to do that that day." And no, they just flew so, me to Texas. That was the whole point of the show. I didn't know what we were doing before we got there. So, if you had known, would you have had more or less beers the night before? Less. I would have definitely had less because I remember being still very hungover, <laughs> and all they taught me how to do was put on the makeup. You would have wanted to have less beers. I would have had as many, probably. I was going to say. I maybe wouldn't have had half the Xanax that I had. Yeah. That was, and and I I went in, and it was a fucking real bull. You can see it online. Everyone that's listening to this, I'm sure has seen it online. You can see it online. It's a real fucking bull, and they put me in the ring. They let the bull go. It does a lap, and then comes right at me, and Scott Medina was the rodeo clown, and he goes, or the bullfighter is what they call him. And he goes, don't run away from it. And I was like, what do I do? And he goes, run at it and pick a direction. It'll go the other way. And I picked the wrong direction. And it hit me in the ribs, broke my ribs, broke my foot. And I stumbled. They're like, whatever you do, don't go to the fence. And I went right to the fucking fence. And, the, and, yeah, and I was, was like, how do I get out of here? And I hopped over the fence. It missed me by a second. And I get over. Everyone's over. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, we got it. It's all on film. And I'll never forget. Tim looks at me. And he's, do you remember what you said? I said, are you all right? Can you do another take or something like that? Yeah. You said, we only have six seconds of footage. That is not going to make a show. Can you do another take? I go, are you out of your fucking mind? He goes, well, how about getting in the, how about getting in the barrel? <laughs> so I got in the barrel and the bull fucking attacked the barrel for 30 minutes. And all they used was the bull fucking hitting me. And they replayed it over and over. Mind you, this is before viral videos. What we were making was viral videos yeah. way before we, anyone was making them. Do you remember having dinner? I th- me and Christine had dinner with me and Leanne right after we did football. Yes. Do you remember football? Because you had a concussion. Yeah. yeah. And you were a little goofy that whole night at dinner. We did you football. Little, and, and I remember leaving, getting in a car, and you were like, yeah, I've got to stay up all night now. I gotta, Leanne's got to stay up and keep me awake so I don't. Uh... That, was the, that, was the, that was the christening was the football. And that was the first one we did. I think so. And. We had shot a lot that day, and Bert was taking big hits, but nothing like crazy big, you know. Like we, since he was wearing a microphone, it sounded really big. You yeah, know? it was just like crash. But then we got—we were almost to the end of filming. We got enough, 
And then at the end, we would sit Bert down and, and have him just relive the day verbally so we'd have voiceover to cut to. I remember it was before I'd ever heard what an OTF was. Yeah. And uh, OTF is on, on, on the, the fly, fly interview. Video. It's when they, if you're doing a reality show and they pull you off side and they go, so tell me what, tell me what you're saying. And then oh, you got to repeat back all their sentences. Today was really great. Like you can't just go, it's awesome. You need to repeat what they're saying so back the, to you. Yeah. At the back of that shoot, now we were going to have Bert play quarterback. And these two quarterbacks that were on the team, Bert asks them really, you know, like sincerely, like, okay, so from, from the snap to the time I need to get back and get the ball go, how much time do I got? And they, and they just real, they didn't miss a beat. They're like, two seconds. And he goes, how do I know when it's up? They go, you'll know. Yeah. <laughs> and we're with yeah. the Los Angeles Avengers at their practice facility. Was it Orange County or something? Like no, that? no. I, I was. I want to say it was, it was Culver City. Oh, was it that close? Like, yeah. It was. It was like, uh, yeah. It was really close. Yeah. And so Bert takes a snap, and this dude comes out of the back. Oh, the back just full on helmet to helmet, helmet to helmet. And, King and Bert didn't get up. <laughs> and no, we knew about him. <laughs> and it went. It went clean. It, I, I never forget. It just went clean. And I was on the ground. I was rolling around. And I kind of woke up, and I got up. I looked up, and everyone was cheering. And I got into it. I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And then, at the very end of it, Tim's doing an interview with me. And I remember I'm sitting Indian style in the middle of the field, and I'm going, "I'm saying to Tim, can you hear it? Yeah, can you hear it?" Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "I can't hear anything, Bert." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, feel it, man." And yeah. Tim's like, "Oh, maybe we should take you to the hospital." <laughs> yeah. Well, the first at first, I'm like, "Is Bert just?" juicing this up or is this real and he's like can you hear it it's so peaceful yeah and then when he said that i'm like oh oh. (laughs) there was there was but the the interesting thing about that show not to not to revamp a show that only did six episodes by the way you want to hear something crazy uh i can't tell you i'll tell you off the air Mm. um but uh the we did stuff like Fucking Lorenzo. What? That was sincerely sometimes. <laughs> what are you, Liberace? <laughs> you just rolled in with a piece of pie and put it in another man's mouth. <laughs> Try this pie. It's it's scrumptious. <laughs> um, we did. Uh, we fought the Gracies. Yeah. And by the way, I got to compliment your editing of that. I got in a microphone. It doesn't happen if you don't say in a microphone. Come stand next to Lorenzo, Trevor. If you're going to talk. So we can hear what you say. So, um, tre- Lore- uh, we did it, and I think you had. I think you had told them. Tim would go into a scene and go, "Yeah, Bert's been making Brazilian jokes," and they'd be like, "Oh, really?" And it's like he would amp up whatever situation it was. Right. And he, I remember you saying to them, "We got to choke him out." Yeah. And I was like, and I didn't know that, and I kept saying to Tim, "I'm not getting choked out, right?" And he was like, "No, no, no, no." I told him not to choke you out. And I remember when they went to choke me out, that was fucking. Walk us through that, Tim. Well, <laughs> well Bert wasn't hurt yet, so I'm like, well, hmm, hmm, what can we do? We can't really. I don't want to like hurt him like a oh. li- ligament or snap a knee, but I, yeah. can you choke him out? And they're like, yeah, we can choke him out. They go, you want me to choke him out? I go, well, you know, it's up to you, but yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, we'll choke him out. And I'm like, is it dangerous? And they're like, not really. I'm like, hmm, can you do anything else that's more da- dangerous? <laughs> and they go, choking out will work. I'm like, okay, okay, let's choke him out, choke him out. Yeah. And it just went, uh, that choking, getting choked out is the most terrifying feeling I've ever had in my life because it starts and you real. It, there's a second where you don't know what's going on. You're like, why is he, because he grabbed my gi 
and he grabbed me, did a choke out through the gi, and I, I was like, "What? What's going on? What's a gi?" And then it's the kimono that they wear. Oh, okay. And uh, that sounds. R- I apologize, every Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter. I did not call what you wear a kimono, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's their thing. It's their so thing. So tune in to see the Gracies kick your ass again <laughs> in kimonos. <laughs> and so they grab they grab me by my gi, and you're like, "What is he doing? Is he tightening up my collar?" And then all of a sudden he chokes you out, and then you realize, "Oh shit, I'm getting choked out," but it's too late. He's already got the move in place, so you grab him and you fight it just like you've seen in a million movies, and you do what they've done in a million movies. You start going, no, no, <sighs> and, it, and the world disappears, and I woke up, and Tim and four Brazilians are standing over me going, Bert, wake up, wake up, Snap, clapping, and I woke up, and I was like, what happened? And they're like, you got choked out, and I was like, how long? And they're like, yeah. you're only out for a second. I was like, it felt like a day and a half. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, I think I'm done. And then Tim gave me a knife. He's like, try to stab one of them. (laughs) (laughs) And so you see me with a knife going back and forth. And then I dropped it. They grabbed me, threw me on the ground. It was That show was uh, so ahead of its time, in in all honesty, because no one – there was no such thing as Dirty Jobs yet. I think Jackass had just come out, but we had already shot uh, the ass wax before that. And it was like – and then all of a sudden this came out and they did no placement for it. Kevin Riley was the one that bought it and he goes, I fucking love it. Kevin Riley now runs Fox. He was like, I love it. Let's do six episodes. We didn't even know what we were making. But we did – like I remember we did, went to do the stu- – I was a stunt pilot for a day where we did mm-hmm. Hammerhead Turns. And I'll never forget it. Uh, the guy, we got up and the guy goes we – had, we had to wear parachutes to do these maneuvers. And the guy goes, so uh, just out of curiosity, your, your buddy told me that uh, – it's okay for you to jump out of the plane. I go, I'm not jumping out of a fucking plane. And he goes, well, you said to fake a, fake a crash until you jump out. And I go, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And then I got down and Tim goes, did you take a Xanax? And I was like, no, I didn't take a Xanax. I just didn't jump out of the fucking plane. But that was – and I did all the maneuvers. I did the fucking hammerhead rolls and like yeah. that show was – so let's get to what is – I shot a porn. Like what? The, the dominatrix gimp yeah. was a porn. I basically shot a porn. I was naked. Yeah. Uh, tell everyone what the... We we found a dominatrix in downtown LA, and Bert was going to experience like being the... The gimp. The gimp. And so she, she answers the door, and she's um, she's like, wow. Uh, you know, hi. And we're like, we're here to shoot. And she doesn't look like anything special. You know, I didn't even think... I'm not, I thought, you know, you have dominatrix in your head. And then uh, she goes, well, I'm going to go get ready. You go down into the dungeon, and then she comes back, and it's like, oh, mama. She's like, Mistress God. Isabella was so fucking hot. So crazy hot. Zipper on her crotch. I never saw her. I never saw her before she was dressed up. Six. Right now, yeah, right now they're just asking on a scale of 110. And then, um, Not dressed up. And then we just started going over the beats of the bit, and like, what can you do to Bert? And she's like, well, we can put stuff up as unit. And hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Let me let me walk you through how that works. I'll and never Tim forget it. Throughout his neck, nodding. Like, that, that's good TV. Yeah. Well, they walk yeah, me in. They can do that. They blindfold me in the van outside. They, I had no idea. I seriously had no idea. I walked in, and it was. I remember it feeling like an old house. I knew we were in downtown LA, and I was like, Am I getting jumped into a gang? And then, and then they bring me into a room, and I can feel the heat from the lights. It was what it was was a, uh, a gynecological table. Yeah, an old one. An old 1930s gynecological table. With the st- instead of stirrups, it was like metal holders underneath. Yeah, it was like hardcore, like you'd see in a fucking horror movie. Yeah. This whole everything. And they t- started taking my pants down, 
and they took my shoes off, took my pants off, took my shirt off, and I'm naked. Then they sit me in this thing, and then they tie me up to it. And I'm like, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I can't imagine we're not rolling on this. <laughs> and I remember thinking, Wait a minute, you, didn't, you just let people do that? You didn't know you? Were, you were yeah, well, no, you got to understand. This is before John. This is before. Uh, it, this is back when you thought you were an actor. Like, you know what I mean? It's hard to explain, but this is when you thought you were making something that was like the the beginning of a new frontier for television. Mm. So it's like today you'd never let someone do that. But fucking 15 years ago, you were like, or what, 12 years ago, you'd be like, what? I don't know, what is this? People were going to Survivor to go to an island, and, and they didn't know what that was. No, but you, were, you didn't know if they were rolling. Dude, no, I, I, I was blindfolded still. I was blindfolded. So you just let them undress you. They undressed me. Uh, Marty Hockman was in the room. I'll never yeah. forget. Our network exec was in the room. They tied me up, <laughs> and then they and then they took the blindfold off, and we're shooting all of it. And I'm totally naked. I'm like, okay. In my head, I'm like, this is technically a porn, but it's for FX. So that doesn't make every <laughs> yeah. meeting with her awkward yeah. afterwards. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then that? and then they cattle prodded my balls. They yeah. um, put a the, five pound weight on my balls. Yeah. They did candle wax all over me. They, they did clamps. They, they started with like nipple clamps. And we were kind of like the crew was like, yeah, yeah, that isn't such great TV. Yeah. And then, and then, she, then she got the weights out and, and started hanging them on his balls. From yeah, like, like from the ball. yeah, yeah, it was it was a leather strap like a belt that went on the top of your scrotum, and then you would hold your balls would hold it up. Yeah, and then they it would hold it down, and it was like yeah, and they would add more and more, and Bert was like squealing pretty good, and that was good. Yeah, and then, and then she um. It was someone passed out these little whips. In a lot of whips, a lot of whipping, and that worked pretty well. But it wasn't until she brings out this ancient, like three prong fork. What was that? I don't remember this. The the high voltage fork. Yes, yeah, I do remember that. It's got the blue arc between the prongs, (laughs) and all of a sudden Uh, she puts it up on his nipple, and and mind you, Bert's been in this chair for hours. He's drenched in sweat. There's a puddle that's like two feet away. Yeah, that's right. Underneath the t- chair. And she starts on his nipples. Right, and what? he's screaming. He's like, what's the puddle from? Sweat. Just sweat. Just I was sweat. pouring sweat. She, I'll never forget. She goes, what would you rather? The next one is either anal speculum. And I went, next. And then she goes, <laughs> or the sounds. Do you remember that? And I go, yeah. I'll take the sounds. And everyone starts like applauding in the back. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and she goes, all right, he wants the sounds. And I you go, quickly, you quickly went, no, 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 anal speculum. No, I go, I go, what is the sounds? And then she pulls out a leather briefcase, opens it up, and there's steel rods that are different shapes and uh, sizes. But they're real. But every rod in that leather case was huge. Yes, like beyond what you'd think it could. Yeah. And so and so I go, I go, I'll take the sounds. And she goes, great. He wants the sounds. She looks at an Asian assistant. That was uh, in a latex latex uh, outfit, like a latex uh, one suit that was you could see all through. Yeah. And she was like, "All right, he wants the sounds. Lube them up." I go, Whoa, "Lube them up." I go, "Where do you put them?" And she goes, a "Real matter of fact." She goes, "Oh, we put them in your urethra." And I went, Whoa. "Huh?" Oh. And I go, "Wait, why do you call them the sounds?" And she smiles and goes, "Each one will make you make a different sound." Oh. And I was like, "I want the speculum." <laughs> I got I, ne- I got neither. I, ne- I got neither. But you know what's crazy? The best part of that whole thing is that you go through it. I n- I've never been to obviously. I've never been to a dominatrix since. And uh, but the, you got through it. And it was almost like this weird sense of therapy because at the end you were exhausted and you were like so – and we, I remember we were all hanging out in that big room. We were doing like pickup shots. They wrapped me in latex and put oil inside it and I was like – and I was like, this is pretty nice. And and then – but I was like 
I told her, I was like, oh, I totally get why people come to you. Do you remember the dude that can't, climbed out of her dungeon? Like, we're shooting, and then this dude just comes out, bald head, suit and tie, and comes out and goes, see you later, Isabella, and walked out, and we're like, who is that? And she goes, he's been down there for three days. Ne- <laughs> and there were people that would pay to go down there and hang out for three days, and her torture them, but that was their, like, oh, he's a high-priced businessman. Yeah. I remember when you were in the chair after we were just finishing the chair part, you told me, you said, because she's, like, torturing you, and then she's being nice to you, and then she's torturing you. And she's being nice to you, and and you go. I can see how this works because when she's being nice to me, I really love her. Yeah, and I remember. <laughs> I also wasn't embarrassed about the nudity thing, so I was like, I know they got to blur it, so no one's going to see my junk. We just people at, in the room. We looked at his junk for like eight hours that day. Eight hours. It was like that was an aggressive day. Oh, so small, you have no idea. How much? How, uh, I'll never. I'll never forget the first thing she said was, "You're a bloodcock." Yeah. And I went, what's that? Yeah, she goes, the whole crew's like, well, everyone that? knows that about you. Buddy. She goes, you're a blood cock. It means uh, you get bigger when you get hard, but you're not very big. And I went, hey, everyone knows that. No one needs to bring it up. I mean, we get it. You know, <laughs> yeah. Just walk past it. Don't need to notice how big, small my dick is. <laughs> I remember halfway through, I was like, I think I might be cheating on Leanne. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this might be cheating. But that was, that was an aggressive... What? How much weight do you get on your balls? Because I'm, I'm thinking it? anything over a pound would would hurt, right? What like, was it like how, five pounds? How, like five pounds, yeah. That just sounds awful. Yeah, it was. I do have big balls. I actually have really durable big balls. balls. Very yeah. durable. They're very long balls now. <laughs> I remember I asked that dominatrix, "Who's your clients?" And and she goes, "Ninety nine percent of my clients are white, uh, upper and middle management." Yeah. So and they, they, what, what is that? They spend all their time being responsible and being in charge, and they just come to me to be completely out of control. Yeah. That, that, the, uh, wait, what, what, when you think of Herper, what was your one? What's the, what are the few lasting memories where you go, like, like, uh, oh, I definitely remember that day? Well, I mean, the risk was so high on that show. I remember them all vividly because I was freaking out half the time. I got know? paid. I got paid ninety percent of my salary as a producer and f- like ten percent as a contestant on a game show. So I we couldn't sue. I couldn't sue anybody because I was a contestant, and then I was also the ex- I was an executive producer of it. So I couldn't sue myself. So it was like one of those weird. That was back when was that? I remember we were in. A, do you remember being in the pitch meeting at Fox? And it was like I want to say there was eighteen people in there, and Kevin Riley was in there, and he was reading the list of things, and I couldn't see the list, but I was in the room, and he was like, "He can't do this. He's gonna die." And everyone's <laughs> like, "No, we talked to a guy who can get him to do it." Yeah. And it was like milking cobras. You wanted me to get bit by a cobra. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you were like, "No, there's dudes who live through it." And I was like, "Yeah." We went swimming with great white sharks. We went swimming with sharks out of the cage, and a great white shark showed up. Yeah. And I'll never forget, I got out of the water so fucking fast. because, And they were also making cheeseburgers. Yes. I'll never forget that cheeseburger. One of the best cheeseburgers I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bert gets on the boat, and then they go, okay, we're going to the cage. Well, the actual shark cages now are made out of PVC tube. Yeah. And Bert's like, where's the cage? I go, it's there. And he goes, that's, that's, that's plastic tubing. <laughs> I'm not getting in the ocean with plastic tubing. And then we shot, and there was sharks. And you were, you were like, no, you're not even getting in the cage, really. So we got in the cage, and then the only point was to get in the cage was a better to way to get out, out of the cage. 
and so we got out of the cage. Me and John Manley. I ended up shooting John Manley. You shot with John Manley. Yeah. We shot. We took that same dude out to yeah, do it yeah, again because yeah. I trusted him because we did it and we got out of the water and there were sharks all around us and he's just moving them off with his hand and then I'm moving them off with my hand. And all of a sudden they just disappear. All the blue sharks go away and I see a shadow and I'm like, "What's that?" And he's like, "Ooh, get out of the water!" And we all fucking bailed out of the water and there was a great white shark, the most intense animal I've ever it been around. Okay, hold on. So let's skip forward to fighting the bear. Yeah. Because the bear. that's the only thing that did not make it because we got canceled. At, we shot it, and then we got canceled uh, after it. Um, never made air? No, never no. made air. I don't even know if you guys edited it. We cut it. Yeah. I would love that. I would love that footage. It you was, think Cronin's got it? He should have it, yeah. I'd love to see it. Yeah. So it I'll tell you the story. I'm going to tell you the story as if I'm on stage because it's, it's a good story. So I show up. I show up. Uh, it's, a, it's like a nine-foot grizzly bear. Grizzly or brown bear? Brown. Nine-foot brown. I always say grizzly. So, guys, I'm going to keep saying grizzly on stage. It just runs out of my mouth quicker. So nine-foot grizzly bear. <laughs> and it's, I remember it, sitting, it was sitting on a park bench. Just, there was a park bench. It was like where all the stage bears hung out. And uh, oh, I remember. Let me. Re- I remember there was a there was a bear that was like looked like Shaq. It was like six foot tall, and it was just was just fucking thick. And I was like, "Whoa!" I go, "What's that?" And, and I remember you go, "Put it back in the cage." That's the baby. And they put the and then they brought the fucking the, the dad out, the fucking monster. I won't say his name was Bam Bam or Rocky. Bam Bam. And yeah. and so and then it's sitting on a park bench. I remember Tim called me the, the day before, and he goes, "Hey." Because now they had to tell me what we had to do because I almost died. And he goes, hey, you want to fight a bear? I go, who does that for a living? And he's like, you do on Thursday. So I show up, and it's a nine-foot fucking grizzly bear sitting on a park bench. And I remember I went over, let him smell my hand, and the trainer's like, what the fuck are you doing? And everyone's like, stop, 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 stop. Gives me five marshmallows. And he goes, when the bear's not looking, take a marshmallow, put it in your mouth, show him the marshmallow. Like, huh. And then allow the bear to take it out of your mouth with his mouth. This way he'll learn to trust you. And I was like, fuck that. I go, whose idea was this? The bears? And he's like, no, no, no. You're going to be fine. This is what we do. And Tim's like, no, they've been doing it. They've been doing it, buddy. I brought Leanne to hang out to impress her. My wife, I brought her out to impress her. So I put a marshmallow in my mouth, and the bear face rapes me. Just like, just tongue in the mouth. I'm just like, and, and everyone's going, four more, four more. So I put four more in my mouth. I do all four. I go, fantastic. And they go, great, you're ready. I go, hold on, I haven't learned anything. Was, you've learned the most important lesson. That is, the bear loves marshmallows. So if you get in trouble, very confidently say, marshmallow and we'll know you're in trouble that'll be your safe word but the bear will think you're doing your trick so he'll go oh he's doing your marshmallow trick i go yeah but he thinks they're inside me he goes you'll be fine so i put the bear the bear uh we square up the bear grabs me by both ears and it goes silent and i remember two things i remember thinking his claws are still in his paws like why would they need claws because he's just a stage bear. And, and I felt him in the back of my head. I was like, he's got claws. And he started. And then I was thinking, I wonder if I'm allergic to bears. I'm like, what if I have an asthma attack and I can't say marshmallow? And he starts ragdolling me. just, And I'm like, marshmallow, marshmallow. But no one can hear me because there's a nine-foot grizzly bear going. He grabs me with a hip. I'll never forget it so brilliantly. I swear to God, one nail went into a belt loop. He spun me doggy style. Put me in a bear hug and starts just like grinding on my ass. And I'm going, marshmallow, marshmallow. The trainer jumps in front and he goes, go limp. I'm like, please be talking to me right now and not the bear. Is there a bear cock climbing on my jeans? So I go limp. The bear sits on my face. Remember that? The bear sat on my face and I passed out. They, I don't like, I tell the story a lot more romantic on stage, but regardless, they get the bear off me. I wake up in Tim's lap under a tree. 
And I look at him and I go, what happened? And Tim, very fucking matter-of-fact Minnesota, goes, well, you got raped and teabagged by a bear. (laughs) (laughs) You might want to get tested. (laughs) But then he goes, and then he looks at me and he goes, you want to tame lions? (laughs) And they took me into a lion cage. Five unruly fucking lions directly after that. It was, and then, and then he, and then there was, you remember they had that tiger? That was in the tiny cage yeah. that would not calm down. Just and you were like, and you were like, we're trying to get you in the cage with the tiger. And I was like, I don't want to be in the cage with the tiger. The lions are scary because you just had to trust the trainer. You know, you know. I'm like, I mean, yeah, we want a TV show, but we don't burn to die. And he's like, yeah, don't worry. You know, we, you know, we've done this, and you know, if he does everything right, it'll be okay. And I'm like, well, so there is, you know, if he does everything wrong, maybe not. Yeah. So when you were in the Lions, that was pretty freaky. You go, you go, you go. So ask him, what do you get when you tame Lions? I go, what do you get? I'm thinking it's like a, a, a stool, a bullwhip, and a pistol with a khaki outfit. <laughs> hey, do you remember what he gave me? He gave me a fanny pack of sirloin and a plunger stick with a nail in it. He goes, this is your meat stick. Don't let go of it. He goes, take meat, put it on the end. The lions will respond to the meat. I go, oh, I bet they fucking will. It's the king of the jungle. I bet they're going to notice the fucking meat strapped around my waist. And he goes, he goes all you got to do is get the first lion to trust you. And he goes, the, the head lion. And then remember, he calls him out. He goes, Simba. Yeah. And this beautiful, majestic Simba. lion comes sprinting. Like, like, it looks like the size of a Volkswagen and just looks at me and like sizes me up. And then goes to the stool in the center. And then he's like, Mufasa! And then this other beautiful lion looks at me, looks at the meat stick, looks at my fanny pack. And I'm like, who's the head of the pack? You know. And then he looks at Simba like, he's got a meat stick, he's got the fanny pack. We know what's going on. And then I'll never forget, he goes, Derek! And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and this fucking rescue lion comes out with a fucking toothpick in his mouth like, oh, shit. And then just fucking went right to the fanny pack and started trying to get the meat out. And I started pulling everything out. I have the meat, my dick. I was like, help, help. And then the guy got a phone call. And he was like, I got to take yeah. this. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, that was, a, that was a fucking intense. That was like, I feel like it was like war for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then I blew out my knee on an uh, elephant. I washed the elephant. Yeah. And the you fucking. Know, going back to the bear, the scariest thing about that is the bird had to, he was taught how to get you know the bear's gonna stand up and then you get up underneath it and you kind of like get your forearms up under near near its armpits but what you don't want to do because the bear wants to hug you around the neck you don't want to get in the position where if the bear just decides i'm gonna drop down because the bear is like 700 pounds so you're gonna have like 500 pounds coming right down on your neck and so the trainers told Bert, don't get in that bent over position. Stay upright and, and support. And then, you know, it only took like four seconds. And Bert's just bent down. And I'm, we're all just going, oh. And Walt Almanchensky, my producer, he's like, I look at him. I go, what do you think? Should we call it? Should we call it? And, and Walt's like, let it go a little more. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let it go. And then, and then, and then it, everything turned out okay. But that's when the bear started coming down, and the trainers came in and like, yeah. hey, whoa, go lip, go lip, go And yeah. I'm like, and then I went, yeah, that fucking that show was. I was, I would, I wish I had all the video, and I wish I had the chops I had now to do that show because I was just a young comic. I didn't know anything, so we go in, and a lot of it was just me getting hurt, and then just going, oh, that was, I got fucked up there. Did you guys ever shoot anything that went so well that you like? nailed it perfectly and didn't get hurt and you were like well fuck we can't use that well did you ever well we did the, you- the when you were uh, exterminator for a day oh. with kenny 
Or Ron, with Ron. Yeah. How do you remember his name? Oh, because he was a crazy meth addict exterminator. Yeah. And Sorry, Ron, if you're out there. But <laughs> Ron's like, oh, real cool. I listen to one podcast, and they're talking about me? So Bert had to live in the shoes of an exterminator, and he, we, this house had a rat infestation underneath it. So he had to crawl underneath in the, you know, the tight quarters of crawling under a house in the hills. And... And the exterminator, his name was Ron, and Ron was just a crazy character. Yeah. And Ron had to, you know, identify a house with rats and then go in. And, you know, I'm like, well, I mean, how are we going to get shots of rats? You know, we need rats under So there. let's go around the room and try to guess how they got shots of rats. Is it A, hire the guy from Wil- Wilfred Willard? Willard. Hire the guy from Willard, who is a rat handler, put him in the corner and have him put rats on me. B, pray for rats, or C, eh, whatever. They fucking hired a rat handler to sit under the house and put rats on me. So I, unbeknownst to me, there are rats fucking everywhere. And I'm like, this is insane. There's a fucking rat handler literally going right there, and they're trained rats going, meow. It was, and I was like, this place is covered with fucking rats. And we had, we had a camera on Bert's, a helmet camera. And so we see him, you know, crawling. And Ron is at the cubby or the crawl hole. He's going, keep going to to the left. And, and Bert is not happy to be doing this. Uh, and he's like, I'm going to the left, Ron. I'm going to the left. And he's like, they're back deeper, deeper. And uh, finally, we're like, we had the we had the rat handler on walkie-talkie, and we know that Bert's getting close. And we're like, you know, rat handler, release the rats. Release the rats and like there's no we can't get we can't get him. He won't come on radio for a long time. And so we're stalling with Bert and Bert's crawling around and I'm under house thinking about rattlesnakes, out. thinking about all the shit that could be under a house. Yeah, we thought did the yeah. rat handler get electrocuted by some cable hanging down? Finally he just let go of the rats <laughs> and Bert is in a a, cha- a channel where you can barely move. There's cinder block on each side. It's maybe three feet wide. And, and I'm here claustrophobic. Comes like six big rats coming down. <laughs> <laughs> and Bert is screaming. That show has gotten me so much fucking uh, mileage on radio. I've talked about that show so much because if you see the clip of me getting mauled by a bull, you go, oh, holy shit, I want to hear more about this. It really was a show way before its time. I was a, uh, I was a porta potty exterminator, or porta potty dude oh, for a day. Uh, honey and Sucker. Yeah, and it was uh, Honey Sucker. Was that what it is? Yep. That's what they're I'll never forget. All they said was, it's peanut butter. It's peanut butter. You get shit all in your hands. It's peanut butter. And I was like, oh, that's great. Doesn't help when your kid shits her pants. Or, yeah. or when you take your daughter so hard she shits a bed. Doesn't help. Is there one that you've done? That here, here, into the mic. That you really love? It, oh, wait, you can't use that mic. Is there it's one too that you've far. Done that you love, that you had a lot of fun doing? Is there one Bert, what, what hurt you Bert? What the most one hurt Bert doing? I don't know. Can I tell you this is, and I, I think Tim will agree with this 100%. I did not enjoy doing any of them but i enjoy having the had that experience now like i did not i was i was a pain in the fucking ass not back really. then i was i was probably better than i am now and now i just do trip flip and i'm like fucking huh we're going to alaska what time's my call time but like i i was a pain in the i definitely was a little bit of a pain in the ass because i was just like i realized at one point oh so we're not done shooting until i get hurt so I was like, I was like, fine, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. And then Tim would take me to the emergency room and be like, doctor says you're okay. And I'm like, motherfucker. 
Remember, what? remember that baseball one? Yeah, Bert was going to experience the pain of uh, getting beaned of, by a of you know taking one for the team in baseball and and Bert. Two it, things, two things. <laughs> Number one, I was the catcher, and they had a, a pitching machine throwing 103 miles an hour. Oof. But what they didn't know was I had been recruited to play college baseball as a catcher, so I actually caught a lot of the pitches. And they're like, "Well, fuck, that didn't work." And so then they're like, all right, get in the batter's box. Never forget this. I was like, I'm not Tim. I'm not getting beamed by a picture. And Tim, Tim was so pissed off. He goes, give me the fucking bat. And he got in. He goes, just hit me. And the fucking pitcher fucking reared back and pegged Tim. He goes, you're up. And I was like, oh, fuck. That backfired. <laughs> I, Bert was just like a, just like a boy. I, I go, Bert, I'll take one if you take one. <laughs> and he go and Bert just he just lit up. He's like, "You'll take one. You'll take one. Yeah, okay, go, 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 go." <laughs> so I went over to the pitcher who used to pitch for the Cubs. It was the last team. And he, I go, "What are you throwing now? At fastball?" And he goes, "Uh, ninety five, ninety six. And I go, "Can you throw like eighty <laughs> two?" And he goes, "Yeah." I go, "Can you hit me right in my big ass?" And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Just, just lean in and bear your ass towards me." And he goes, "I'll hit it." And so I did. And oh, it hurt so bad. It hurt so bad. <laughs> and, and then Bird's just like gleeful, ah, watching me oh. finally be in pain after and then all these shows. I got hit on the elbow on the funny bone. Oh, and it was the it was like yeah. the one spot where it was like I it was so much fucking pain running through my body. I was like, ah! You like, played baseball. You didn't know that you didn't. I you know what? I you, turned my back into it, and it just happened to hit me on oh, the fucking okay. funny bone. Yeah. Oh, way to go, Lorenzo! Yeah, turned his is. back into it, and then he, his his elbow was kind of really behind. Yeah. Him. Got hit, and then Bert just ran around the field like three times, oh, just going. Cronin ah, 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 <laughs> can make some money now just releasing that as a box set yeah. for Christmas because yeah. it's it was so much. It was like such great. So wait, then now okay, let's get what Hurt Bert's picked up. For double the money you're doing trip flip for right now, would you pass, do it? Pass. Triple the money. I'm doing trip flip for. Yeah. Pass. Wait, you got two kids. Think of the kids. No. Wait, me dying or like? No, but the money would be good for him. No, I couldn't do. I couldn't. I don't have that. I don't have that in my brain anymore. It was a twenty million dollar <laughs> insurance policy on you. Was it really? Yeah. You think it would be worth twenty? Like million. knowing who he is now with his level of fame now, as opposed to then. Would it be more than twenty million or less than twenty million? We have no insurance. It would be more. <coughs> really? That was twelve, fifteen years ago. Now you're more valuable. So wait, now barely. Hey, now so what, now let's what? Well, what ideas got like? Did yeah, what hurt? ideas got shot down for yeah. Herbert? Prostitute. Wow. <laughs> I just, I just sucked a dick. <laughs> Wait, male or female? Do you like how I automatically went to suck a dick? <laughs> so I just gaw, gaw, gaw. I can't believe it wasn't TV friendly waiting for an AIDS test result. That's not, that's not a... Wait, what else got shot down? Uh, police officer. There was just a lot of things that were just... I did get attacked by a canine dog, though. Yeah, the canine dog was good. That was in the pilot, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was good. That was fun. They were... Yeah, they were canine dogs. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that stuff we tried to do, we've tried to do since on TV and do you can't get you can't get clearance uh, like yeah. no one insurance wise will let you do it. Yeah. You're like I did it. We had to have a Fox safety person approve all our stuff, and sometimes they were on set, and sometimes we just had to talk through how we were going to approach production, and they would go, "Yeah, okay, all right." Like when we did the shark guy, the with the shark bit, the Fox safety guy came out. 
Really? Yeah, he came out. He didn't go on the boat, but he came out to check out the boat and the cage. Oh, I do that's, remember that's that. And then he yeah. out. <laughs> I mean, he's not even What's going he, out there. What was the Fox guy so busy with that he wouldn't show up at the one show designed to hurt the host? <laughs> what could possibly... A doggy dog, I think, was the show that, I don't know. where they lost somebody. But when he came out for the shark thing, he was eating a sandwich. <laughs> and he was. I'd just go, we're going to do this. And he wouldn't even speak. He'd just go, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh-huh, okay, yeah. This looks good. All right. Well, all right, then. Really? <laughs> kind of that was it. You know, because I was a little nervous. Like, oh, is this dude going to be some douchebag who's like, going to put the kibosh on everything? Like, oh, I'm shutting this shoot down. It's not. They safe. shut down the one. Oh, no. Oh, no. That was your that was your show. I got. I did have one time where I went and I didn't want to do something. And I got to the airport and it, the shoot was pulled. It was, uh, was that? It was that we were hunting for uh, fresh baked video games. Oh, yeah. And they got pulled because of guns. And they were like, no, we don't trust you guys with guns. But, you know, I'll say this. When we were in the Bay editing Hurt Burt, it was Paul Tarantino, the editor. Quentin's brother? No, no uh, relation. But he, <laughs> this guy is, is a, a comic. I've used him all the time for comedy stuff. He's a really good editor. And, you know, we would just get through it. And then he would get this big smile and start giggling and turn to me. And he goes, what if we did it like this? And then you turn back to the console and type real fast and then <laughs> preview something. I would just laugh. It's like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> what? Why? I'm doing a podcast. Why? What? What is it? You 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 what? Let me let me come out in a little bit. I'll come in like uh, and like and like I'll come in like ten minutes. Okay. Okay, two minutes. Um. So wait. Um. So now, can we track the career of Tim Scott? Because this is where it gets really fucking interesting. Freaky. So freak Tim, no, I'm going to pitch to you guys, Tim Scott, the way I pitch it to anyone else. Okay? Yep. Now, you stop me when I'm going off track. And uh, is it weird seeing my kids, by the way? A little bit. It's a little bit. I don't know. I think they're, I don't know. Yeah, it is. Because you knew me as a single dude who yeah. was just dating Leanne, and now all of a sudden I have a house and a family and yeah. kids. And the kids are well-adjusted, which is kind of freaky. Tell me about it. <laughs> kind of, no, you're well-adjusted, George. I'm freaky. No, you're well-adjusted. Get out of here. Here, go inside. Go inside. <laughs> so do you know? Do you ever remember the show Hurt Bird, Georgia? No, do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking about? That was the executive producer, Tim. Do you ever? Uh, he probably don't want to see a lot of that show. Guy. Here, go hop out. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a podcast, okay, baby? So, uh, so here's the trajectory of Tim Scott. Tim Scott uh, worked on the X Show, so a show called Let's Bowl to Comedy Central back when you could sell things to Comedy Central exactly. and get it right on the air. You got right right on the air, and you left us, and then came back and did Hurt Bert, and then got involved in a gambling ring. Yeah. <laughs> And got pulled out of the country into Toronto. Don't Van- tell, no, tell me Vancouver. where Vancouver got pulled out, and then ended up in South America. Did you go to South America? Well, would, uh, no, but we we shot in Costa Rica quite That's a bit. That's right. Yeah. What was the name of that company? Bodog. Bodog.net. Are they still around? Bovada Tim was like, now, right? Isn't that what it's called? Like Bovada? Didn't they change their name? I don't know if they changed their name, but I know that they moved all their betting from. Um, Costa Rica to an Indian reservation outside of Montreal. How smart is that? Oh my God, that's genius! Costa Rica wasn't safe enough for gamble. Like they had that the 
It's yeah, crazy. It just wasn't. So know, what were those dudes like at Bodog.net? Pardon? What were those? Did you ever hang out with the dudes from Bodog.net? Oh yeah. What were they like? Well, Calvin Air is a, is a billionaire. Yeah. And he's a great guy, but he's just he's eccentric and he's got a lot of money and he he, he loves to party and he just brings like an entourage of like really gorgeous women with him all the time. Really? Yeah. Did you fuck at him? Yeah. It, you know, and like he's got a great. Well, I won't go into his story, but like you know, he's a self-made billionaire, and it was all around sports betting. So when I worked there, it was like they they cleared, you know, after they paid all the bills, a million a day. Wow, yeah, Isn't that unbelievable? it was a crazy experience. It was like producing television for your your crazy uncle. And wait, what was, were you, what were you doing at Bodog? We were producing Bodog fights, mixed martial arts shows. Shut up! Yeah, because you so can't. You can't that. in America. You can't advertise. Hey, come to our betting site. So we produced branded television, and the most that we did was Bodog Fight Mixed Martial Arts. So we shot in Russia and St. Petersburg. Uh, we shot in uh, Moscow. We shot in Costa Rica, New Jersey. It's crazy, and there's just nothing but money. Anything we yeah, wanted. Jer- I like that New Jersey slips in there. Yeah, <laughs> New Jersey. Wait, so you so and you went to all? Did you go to all these fights? Yeah, all of them. Really? My first fight, you know, because I was a comedy guy, right? And I just kind of stumbled into this job, and they're like, "We'll pay you an ungodly amount of money," and I'm like, "Okay." But I was ringside on my first flight, and I got blood spattered like six times. Ugh. Really? Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know if this is my thing," you know. But then I got. But you're partying with billionaires. Yeah, it was. What's the craziest billionaire thing you've ever seen? I like go back into the house for a second. <laughs> hey, go back in the house. We're doing a podcast. I'll be in. A, I'll be in in two minutes. I I swear to God. What baby? <laughs> Isla, come on, Isla, you can't do that to me. Go into the house. Go into the house. We're hearing. We're, uh, my buddy Tim just got back from Russia. And we're hearing stories. <laughs> Isla, just spell it out. She can't understand how many S L U T S got A S to A S S. No, oh, you're yeah. She's gotta go get Georgia to spell it for her. <laughs> so wait, so wait. What was the craziest billionaire thing you ever saw? It, it, there wasn't anything too crazy. It's just that like when we threw a rap party, it was just full on. Like they would hire in 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 Moscow, they hired midgets. To perform, really, and the, so there's acrobatic midgets flying around and midget wrestling, and then we had the the Bodog girls, which were our models, and you know there's like forty of them in bikinis everywhere dancing, and it's open bar. But the craziest thing is, we had a partner in Russia, and he was connected politically and through money, and maybe a little mafia kind of kind of comes along with the territory, no matter what, no matter yeah. what, and. So if you can imagine a full-on party with a ton of drinking, with dancing and acrobatic midgets and sexy girls, and mixed martial arts fighters and their trainers, who are often even more crazy than the fighter, and we shoot 40 (coughs) fights, so we have 80 fighters and their trainers and Russian mafia guys and, you know, Western crew guys all partying together. That is testosterone on testosterone, yeah. coupled by ego, coupled by confidence, coupled yeah. by 
testosterone, yeah. coupled by hot chicks and midgets. Yeah, how and it, fucking and it, great of was that? Of course, it blew up, and there's a big fight. I had left. I, you know, it was you could feel it getting tense. Really, and I had had an. I was really hammered. I'm like, let's go. Me and my friend said, let's go back to the hotel. And then in the morning, we wake up and we hear about the big blow up and like bottles over the head and the Russian guys. They're all wearing the long black leather trench coats. Yeah, and. Uh, and taxi drivers, you know, drunk guys getting out and giving lip to the Russian taxi drivers. And so the taxi drivers just pull guys out of their cab. And the other taxi drivers come to help them with those those ro- ex- telescoping rods. Yeah. And so, like, one of our mixed martial arts guys, he's got to beat the heck. Really? Yeah. It was, but, I mean, everything it's, we did was top flight. Like, yeah. They were classy beatings. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We beat the guy to an inch of his life. Yeah. They were diamond encrusted and then, batons. And then, and then, they and then up, in, the... up in uh, uh, British Columbia, we co-sponsored a fight with the Hell's Angels. Uh, what went wrong? So, <laughs> so the fight went off and it went well, and we got a lot of content for our show. And then we all got invited to the Hell's Angels clubhouse. Really, and that was kind of crazy because you you know the stereotypical idea of a Hell's Angel is like the big biker dude right but no they're all ripped they're, yeah they're like buff and ripped and i don't know if they're on speed or what but they're all you know they look like gay dudes there's a few old guys that <laughs> that was john that moore was john everybody moore? Yeah. <laughs> that was john moore that just called all the hell's angels gay dudes <laughs> but it's like a whole new hell's angels and there was a couple of the old school guys around but you know there again mixed martial arts fighters partying with the hell's angels and sure enough Bottles started flying, and there was. There was so wait, what got you out of Bodog? Well, the goal of Bodog was to get the household awareness of the name up in America, so that so, so that they would go to the. Love website you guys. Thank you. Gamble. My sisters and uh, my sister's fiance just left. Sorry. So they brought a fixer in, and this guy had gone through uh, Home Depot. And so he looked at the company, and then he just said, look, you know, when you started this, the, the awareness per household was in America of, of your name was only 5%, and now it's up to 42%. And this is an crazy, uh, a crazy expensive department. In two years, I spent $22 million. Wow. You know, because we just did everything top notch. And the, the fixer just said, uh, mission accomplished. Get rid of this department. So I had to let go of like 130 people. Really? And so yeah. then, now back to the Tim Scott story, you get hired by one of the largest companies. No, wait, let me let me backtrack. So in this process of Tim working Bodog, uh, bikini models, whatever, Tim gets a divorce. Yeah, and then discovers Indonesia. Yeah, <laughs> where guys like us are fucking tens. We're rock stars. <laughs> Seriously. And decides to take a job with Endemol or like one of the biggest. Fremantle. Fremantle Media and run their Indonesian leg. <laughs> and what happens is stories start coming out like underground the same way that Johnny Appleseed showed up. And we start hearing stories about Tim partying with tens. And you go on and you just see Tim with the hottest chicks in the world looking like, and I got to find that fucking picture of you in that shirt. That is my favorite picture I've ever seen. But, and so you just picked up and moved to Indonesia. Yeah. Yeah. I went over there and I had been in Asia many times, you know, so I kind of knew what to expect, but, you know, everybody talks about like white guys going over to Asia, and you know, and they, there's a lot of stereotypical ideas about guys that go over there. And 
But basically, it's the same as any anywhere in the world, right? Like every woman in the world wants a guy with a job. That'd be nice. Yeah. You know, and then when he makes his money, they want, they hope that he doesn't piss it away. And they want a guy that doesn't smoke too much or not at all. They want a guy that doesn't drink too much. They want a guy that doesn't beat him. They want a guy that is respectful and romantic. And the thing is, is like when you take a 255-pound chubby man-boobed white guy. And with put a flat it in, top and, and, and very and, pasty with kind of a I just saw a ghost look on his face. <laughs> and you put him in Asia. Yes. It's just about the market. Yeah, you know, I I'm a I'm killer in that market. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm a rock star. I'll never forget we were at we were at the inn, yay old inn, y- yay old rustic inn, yeah, yay old rustic, and you told me and John we met up with you for drinks, and you told me and John about how great you had this look of eyes like you had in your eyes like you had discovered gold, and you're like, guys, <laughs> it's amazing over there. And John got in that John and I got in the cab, and John was like. I'm moving. <laughs> John was like, I'm fucking moving. This sounds like the place for me. It's a 180. It's a complete 180. Like here, you have to chase a woman. And they got the goods and the value. Uh, so you're chasing. But there, it's reversed. They chase you. Yeah. You know, because you got the power. You got the goods. Because you have very high value in comparison to what else they have to choose from. Yeah. And so, if you had to over-under... Your killing spree right when you got there. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, I'll give you an example. When I was living above a mall, there's a Starbucks below. There's like all these restaurants below. Yeah. And I was getting a lot of dates and I would just have coffee dates. And so they would come and they would, and I, I'd always make them come to me, you know, yeah. to, because you don't want to get out in Jakarta traffic on, on a coffee date. Yeah, and then you show up, and her, she doesn't look like our pictures, and yeah. you spend two hours in traffic, and you know, so I would just have them SMS me when they got got there, and hold then on I would second. just go down. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. I'm gonna put this on pause because I have the funniest fucking joke in my head. I have to fucking say that. I, I think she laughs so hard just imagining it. Is that what you were saying? Well, sometimes they're shy, so you'll walk in and they're there, but they're just they don't want to say anything. Yeah, you know, and I'm like really good. I'm like I'm the chubby white guy wearing the blue shirt. <laughs> That's him. And then, <laughs> and then also, I'll get an SMS. Why do you leave? I'm like, are, are you there? Yeah, you were standing in front of me. Well, maybe you could have just said hi. But, yeah, you know, they're just like sit there with a big smile, staring at you. You know. So, oh, so what was your over under? Do you think? I think I had like 40 coffee dates that on the coffee date, the day of the coffee date, I converted into having sex. Oh. And it sounds kind of. Not to us. Bad. We're a bunch of you know, dudes. It sounds like I'm a here. bad man. All but the girls it, are outside. That is horrible. But, that you know, just is terrible. And it's just the market. It's just, you know, it, it's the pressure cooker. Because in Java, in Jakarta, it's predominantly Islam. And on the, the on the street is like oh you know the, they judge each other are you good are you bad are you good are you good girl bad girl yeah and so everything is like oh no like do you drink beer oh oh no no I don't drink beer Tim it's haram cannot yeah you know do you have sex oh no I'm still virgin I'm still virgin you know <laughs> and then you get them to your apartment after the coffee date and the door shuts and the clothes comes off and they're just starving stick for a knife it. in a can cannonball gagging <laughs> for it yeah. fuck this burka son <laughs> yeah it's like you know they're just starving you know so yeah it's, it was crazy and like every time 
I would just be like, I don't, I think I'm going to convert this. I think she wants to have sex with me. Yeah. You know, which is, never happens over here. And <laughs> sadly, and, yeah. but every time I was surprised every time, like when it happened, I'm like, it happened again. This is like number eight. Shut up. You know, this house number, must be haunted. You know, I'm like, oh, that must be it. You know, I, I just, I'm, I just hit a streak, you know, and surely yeah. they're, they they're going to say downstairs. no. Yeah, well, <laughs> this Starbucks is killing it. Is I cannot stand up and walk. Can anyone please get me a beer? Uh, I, I would, but my feet hurt too bad to what move. What kind do you want? So any, anything. I never had that other beer I tried. I never tried that sample beer. Is this it? Yes. Um, so wait, wait. Uh, Stella? Stella, what was the beer you made? A Saison. This is uh, Stella, who's here at the party. She brews her own beers. Yeah, let me do I'm going to go rock a full one. Yeah. Uh, do I need a beer opener for it? Yeah, you do. All right. So Tim, t- t- so there's a there's a new group added to the man cave tonight. Uh, um, Lorenzo, who I've known for a very long time, who's like a brother to me and my wife, it, it took me out to play football with all his um, weightlifting friends and weightlifting <laughs> fit club, not f- CrossFit CrossFit friends. Zumba, it's Zumba, right? Zumba. Zumba. <laughs> And <laughs> we it's played a chess club. We played. We played. Uh, we played uh, tag football, and I, I think I uh, ruptured my Achilles. Uh, I ruptured my uh, what the fuck did I say? Plantar fasciitis. Yeah, my plantar fasciitis. <laughs> my heel spur, and so I can't walk right now. And I'm fucking old, and everyone was young except for me and Lorenzo, and it just was such a fucking moment. But it must be nice to like. Do you just own flag football tournaments in Indonesia? Yeah, it's easy because they're like, wait, what they're is very this? scared of you? you power <laughs> above them. <laughs> And the giants here. And Everybody down. They're deathly afraid of being rude too. So you know, are they really? You just tell them get out of my way. And they're like, yes, Mister Tim. <laughs> oh, I would love yeah. to be called Mister Bert. Wait, wait, don't they call you? Didn't you have them call you Mister Handsome for a long time? Yeah, I was staying at the. <laughs> I was checking into a hotel, and they're like, uh, uh, they go. I, I said, um, "What's the rate?" And they go, uh, "It's fifty-five dollars." And I said, "I have been told that." There is a thirty percent discount for very handsome men, and the two girls—they just got this wide-eyed, surprised look and like a fear. And then they both left. They went into the back room, and I thought, "Oh, my stupid joke didn't go over. They didn't get it, and maybe they're scared." And then they come back and they're smiling and they're like, "We have talked to our manager, and yes, we can give you the handsome man discount." <laughs> so then, so then, so then I wake up in the mor- next morning to go to the buffet, and they're like, "Good morning, Mister Handsome." Are you serious? Yeah, they called me Mister Handsome for like eighteen days straight. I, I was, was gonna f- say, "You're like, I am never checking out of this fucking hotel." Yeah, it was I glorious. I made myself laugh. Every That's morning. right, I'm Mister Handsome. Morning, Mister Handsome. I'm like, ah, I'm laughing That's the every best morning way to start a day. Oh fuck yeah! I would have said I would have said I heard there's a fat dick uh, discount. Oh hey, Mister Fat Dick. <laughs> hey Johnny Fat Dick. Uh, the only reason I'm coughing right now, everyone, I have to say this: uh, Green Mountain Grills sent me a grill, and it was uh, that's why we're here. They sent me a smoker. Everyone's here today because we smoked food on this smoker that was. Can oh, everyone kind of chime in? Those ribs were absolutely delicious. delicious. I put delicious. ribs in for six hours. Ridiculous. Shoot. Wait, hold on one. Let me finish. Let me finish. The nicest guy in the world. Uh, I think it's Brett from Green Mountain Grills. I wish I was Not better. Not nice enough to remember his name. No, no. It's really just nice through email, guy. and I just sent him to Leanne, and Rogan hooked it up. Uh, uh, whatever. 
It was it, but I will say that smoker's fantastic. I've smoked turkey legs, brisket, ribs, chicken. I want one of those things. It's everything was awesome. And it was so easy because the way it's done, and I'm not I'm not doing a I am doing a plug, but I'm telling you how it's done. It's all fucking compressed uh little wood things and then they roll through and it can it a computer takes care of all the smoking. You don't have to worry about fucking soaking your wood. It is the greatest the food was good, was it not? Unbelievable. I did absolutely nothing. Truthfully, yes. So Thank well, you very much. I'm going to mention this grill every time we have one of those. Wood. Yeah, suck my wood. <laughs> so, but thank you. That grill's fucking, that smoker is amazing. What were we going to ask, Lorenzo? It's not that important. Was Tim into Asian chicks before he went over there? Ooh, and, good question. And if he was, was it one of the reasons that he went over there because he had a predisposition? Or did his proclivities change once he went there? I've been dying to know this. I hope everyone heard that, but I heard it. Yeah. Good question, Tim. Yeah, was I into Asian chicks before I went over there? No, I wasn't. Not at all. Uh, which is completely weird. It's just my my best friend got married to a Filipino, and they had to do the justice of the peace wedding here. And then so he said, "I got you have to go back. You have to go to the Philippines with me for the big Catholic wedding in the church." Were you into Asian dudes? <laughs> I was not into Asian dudes. Okay. How, why not? I, I mean, Only oh, I know. for computer repair. <laughs> no, um, and so, so I went over to the Philippines and kind of tore up the Philippines, and then. It was really, really fun. And then I thought I'll go back. And then after I went back, then I was like, oh, yeah. Because, you know, it's it's like in social terms, it's 35 years ago in America, you know. People like to say, oh, they're submissive. It's not that they're submissive. It's they're traditional. You know, there's a big difference. Like, they wear the pants. Don't get me – you know, you, they're in charge. But they're just really traditional. And, and you get treated like – you never get treated here very often, really. Really? Yeah. Like, I don't ever forget my first Filipino girlfriend, Gigi. We I wake up. my mom's name. We, we, <laughs> just got, <laughs> we, we wake person. up and she says, uh, you know, and I'm like, all right, you make the breakfast. I go, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to get coffee. And then I'll come back up. And so I'm ready to go. And she goes, where are you going? Where are you going? And I'm like, what? I'm going to go get coffee. We just talked about this. And she goes, you can't go down with that shirt. And I was just wearing like a dress shirt. And she goes, it's wrinkled. She goes, that's going to be a bad reflection on me. Take your shirt off. She made me take my shirt off. And she ironed my shirt before I went downstairs. I would have been like, you get the coffee. And I'll just sit up here shirtless and wait for it. <laughs> Shut up. You make breakfast and get coffee. Yeah. So, so you've been there. How long have you, have you been in Indonesia? Four years. Four years? This is Priscilla. She's got a torn ACL. If there's any vets that are fans of my show. They want to fix an ACL for free. Please let me know. Or or fucking 10% off. Jesus Christ, a torn ACL is not cheap. I could buy a car or have a dog. <laughs> I, is it... Is there any price difference between fixing a dog's ACL and a human's? Like, would it? Uh, there's none, actually. I'm I gathering. Saying, well, I don't know why it's doing the same. But you can you can buy a new dog. Maybe yeah, you, you could. could. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you can't really buy a new human. Sweet, sweet. So, how long have you been in Indonesia? Four years. Four years, and then are you going to stay? Yeah, I'm going to stay. I'm not done with. You got Asia. a place in Bali? Yeah, I have a place in Bali. Do you think you'll always have a place in Bali? Uh, no, no. I mean, my my next gig is maybe going to be in Cambodia. So God, I'll go up there for a year and, and work. Chris, you need to leave, honey. I don't know why mom sent you out here. You're in the wrong spot right now. There's food everywhere. She's her first time out. <laughs> um. So, uh, are you staying in TV? Wait, what did you do for uh, Fremantle? I was their um, creative advisor and executive producer. So, basically, like senior executive producer. Basically, I 
would oversee Idol, MasterChef, uh, a little bit on X Factor. And these uh, are the the uh, Asian versions yeah, of those shows? The Indonesian versions, yeah. How, how you, different are they from the American versions? We oh, they're the same. Really, yeah. really the same. Yeah, the same. Uh, in packages. English? No, all in Bahasa, Indonesia. So you're giving notes on a language you don't speak. That's correct. So, <laughs> so we will... <laughs> <laughs> I've ruined so many shows. <laughs> so You'd be surprised how much you can produce. The only, the, the, only, the only trouble with producing in Indonesia is, like, our idol shows, they run for an hour. Yeah. My first, my first time going onto the set of Idol, it was during the um, end where the shows are live. And I go, what time does the show start? They're like, 7. I go, what time is it going to end? They go, ah, 10.30. Oh, really? I'm like, three and a half hours? What are we going to do for three and a half hours? And they fill up three and a half hours. So it's hard to really gauge if the show is good or not because sometimes the durations are massive. Everyone go through the room and give one stereotype you automatically assume about Indonesian American Idol. My first one. Everyone's got uh, got rhinestones all over them. The smell's got to be awful. The smell's got to be awful. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the the... Rhinestones? Is everyone well, wearing sparkly outfits? The way outfits? they dress is just like crazy. Like you, you would see the way they dress in America, like on comedy shows. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of the guys they all look like gay clowns. Really? You know? Yeah. I mean, just hey, like, stop it! Stop it! Like crazy sequins and purples and you know, like headbands, like you know. Olivia Newton John. I would think really I think all I would think not all, but ninety percent of the women contestants are really good and talented, and a hundred percent of the men suck. No, actually uh I don't know why. Actually Indonesians love to sing. Oh, hence uh Journey. Yeah. No, right? Yeah. Well no, he's, no, Filip- he's Filipino. Filipino. Oh, Night Ranger. <laughs> Wait, I'm, journey, I am thinking journey. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Nation. Yeah. But okay. But like my staff, you know, you'll be walk by your staff, and like we don't do this in L.A. Like I'm not at my producer's desk, you know, saying "Don't stop," you know, full on. But my staff, everybody's singing all day. They, it's a very big music culture, and so out of 240 million people, after we do the auditions, I mean, when we do auditions, like you know, in certain cities, like 12,000 people show up. Yeah, and we have to try our hardest to get all to look at all 12,000 people because if there's like 4,000 people that stood in line all day and don't get to audition you have a riot on your hands and it's scary so the bottom line is like after we go through that many people yeah we get really really good singers that are just fantastic I bet I bet the women are so hot too yeah the women are crazy hot hottest women in the world are in Indonesia Really? What were you talking about last night with one of the games? Was it Family Feud? Did you do Family Feud there? Yeah, we did Family Feud. And what were the prize? Some of the prizes? Oh, well, you know they always want the show on really quickly, and we always tell them you can't have it that quickly. We won't be able to do a good job, and it's not because we can't like step up and get it done. It's because the sales department they can't you know get prizes for free. Nobody sees the value, and it's such a cash based country and system. So. We we get uh, it was the Price is Right. <laughs> we get we get um, these prizes and it's like you win tile <laughs> and and the, you know the curtain opens and it's the tiles still in the cardboard boxes and it's just like a, a four foot tall square of tile in cardboard boxes and it just isn't so sexy. <laughs> and then 
complained about that. And then yeah. the, the next week, you win paint. And it's like five-gallon buckets like, of paint. And then, and then, I mean, it was Did just you shoot shocking. at Home Depot? It was just shocking. It's like that's all they could get, right? It would be even worse if it was just on the walls. <laughs> you win paint. It's just a blank room. And they're like, no, the, the thing on the wall. You would be an tile and it's just the floor of the wall. But the the only the only prizes that really get the contestants excited are motorbikes, you know, like one twenty five Hondas. Yeah, because they can use it, you know, in their daily life. <laughs> What's the Even when thing? we give away small cars, they're like, uh, uh, oh, I want I want a car. I wanted the paint. And they're kind of disappointed. I the paint. <laughs> and they want, yeah. Do you ride oh. a motorbike around, or do you get a or do you get a limo every? I have never been on a well. There's motorbike taxis. They call them Ojacks. <laughs> you and, get on the back with a small Indonesian uh, man, yeah. and you wrap your arms around him? No, you never do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you sit both legs on one side? <laughs> yeah, I sit sideways with my heels. <laughs> 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 and, and my big flappy hat I have to hold on with one hand. <laughs> oh. Oh. And the women crawling oh, all over you, taking yeah. that motorbike taxi to a There is one picture that defines every story we've just heard, and I cannot find it online. Oh, the- Where is that picture? I, I, I have it somewhere on my laptop. I have it on my laptop. You know what? I'm, I have it on my home computer. I screen grabbed it. I'm it wearing- made me laugh so fucking hard. I screen grabbed it. I'm wearing the... the, the- no, I don't even... Nip. You know what? Nip, nope, nope. I'll tell you what, if you've listened to all this podcast, I will release this podcast and I will post that picture and you will you'll get to see what Tim looks like and you'll and you will get a definition of fucking everything. One of my favorite pictures I've ever seen. Um, <coughs> it's like one of those awkward family photos. It's uh, it looks like it was posed. <laughs> yeah. It's called a barong. Is that what it is? Yeah. Tradition. What do you think? That, is that the shirt or is that the, the event you were at? The tr- traditional wedding shirt. So wait, so now what's your plan now? Wait, uh, have I left anything out, John? No, I think you've covered it. Trevor, does anyone have any questions for Tim? Ladies, Although does anyone have any questions? Go ahead, John. You've been like not working the last year, right? Yeah, I've been, well, I had well, a small job the at the thing. club. Yeah, I worked in a club in Bali uh, and realized that I'm really old. Seal. I don't like thump-thump music. Did you go to Bali because it's Bali and it's exotic and beachy whoa, whoa, and all that whoa, stuff? Or did you? Whoa, whoa. Yeah, Jakarta is just Bali? a tough town. Like the, the traffic say? is I'm insane. sorry, did you grow up there? It's Bali. It's Bali. Bali? Bali. Yeah. Bali. Let's ask a guy from Jersey. What's it called? But you know, that's Bali. a better... There we that's go. That's a better pronunciation than my buddy Chosie in Minneapolis who calls it Bali. <laughs> Bali. We're going to Bali's? Actually, he calls it... Chris, he goes, get yeah, down, honey. Tim's living in the Bali. Come on, Chris. <laughs> in the Bali. Um, so, girls, do you have any questions you want to ask Tim? Okay, hold on one second. Can someone, uh, Tim, will you pass her your microphone so she can ask you a question? You might have answered this with the Filipino. Uh, introduce, hang on, introduce Trevor. This is Stella. My name's Stella. She made Stella. the beer that I'm tasting beer. right now that I really enjoy. You, do you like it? I really enjoy it. It's the kind of beer I like. It's a, it's a Saison, but it was kind of hot this summer, so I think the taste I, is a little bit off. I don't know what Saison means. I've literally it's like a Belgium Saison. I like that taste. It's, it's like a nice kind of flat, bubbly Fills your mouth with bubbles. It is flat. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't bite the back of your tongue and make you want to throw up in a shower like an IPA. Oh, good. I'm glad you like it. Saison? It's a Cezanne. style. It, it's brewed with um, orange peel and coriander. And it has a whole bunch of malt base. So it's more complex than, oh, like an ale or something like that. Okay. 
<laughs> it sounds like a, Tim said it sounds like a prison beer everyone that didn't hear that hey wait you know what I always like I always like I found out I like uh, I like pilsners and lagers oh you like what I don't like really yeah you like what I don't like I like I don't really like, heavy beers you like heavy beers yeah like IPAs and Belgium style beers yeah, for the record everyone she's actually hot and like, <laughs> I don't want you to think I got some fucking six and a half frump in here going I like to fucking yeah. Every, like, yeah everybody here tonight last person you would pick to be brewing their own beer <laughs> last person yeah. La- if she looks like someone it's kind of like a Kate uh, what's uh, Goldie Hawn's kid's name Kate Hudson Kate Hudson, Hudson. yeah Billy like Kate Hudson. Hudson Gabriel Reese Ga- ooh yeah you do look like Gabriel Reese you're tall that is. Uh, yeah way to date ourselves oh, Lorenzo oh, okay <laughs> like Deion Sanders you remember him <laughs> <laughs> I do remember Joe Feisman. MTV in 1994. Barley wine. Barley wines are good. Okay, so your question to Tim is? Um, I didn't hear your Filipino woman story. Do Ooh. you like Filipino women? Yeah. Yeah, Filipino women are great. <laughs> <laughs> Would you date one again? I'd date a Filipino woman in a heartbeat. They're why, like, why do you like Filipino women so much? Well, they're very... Well, it's easy because they're. <laughs> I'm Christian, and so that makes it easier, right? With, they're pretty religious. They're very religious, and they're mostly Catholic. And I w- I've dated, I've dated Muslims before, many, and you know, it's just it's going to be tough, right? Because you got to convert, and I won't convert. Yeah. And but the Filipinos are just more of a match, and they're really, really traditional, and very strong family oriented, and it's really like if you date a Filipino. Girl, you're dating like the whole family. Hey, so wait, you know? so wait. When you go into a Filipino house for the first time, looking mm-hmm. like you do, mm-hmm. and for those of you who don't know, you you do represent the stereotypical Midwest look. Yeah, one hundred percent. What is the? Fir- do you notice like an energy when the mom's like, "No, this is a white devil." Like, well, <laughs> like, I'll, spe- I'll speak in general terms, or I'm I'm generalizing, but okay. it is true that like. To land an American for a Filipino woman is really a big deal. Really? Yeah, it's jackpot. Absolute jackpot. When I was at the uh, pre-wedding party with my, my friend and his Filipino wife, all her college friends were at the party and, the, and all their husbands and boyfriends. And so all those dudes are hanging out in the living room and all the girls are in the dining room and they're just also giggly and excited and they're getting the food ready and everything. And then all of a sudden in the middle of all this female clatter... I hear Nana, his his wife now. I hear her s- scream. Don't I scream. got an American, and all the girls just went ah, just crazy. Are you serious, Pris? Do yeah. not get up. You they all want to leave. Is that it? Or they? Or is it just if you again? It's just. Stayed there, it's I mean, cool too. there's a lot of great Filipino guys. Don't get me wrong. It's just the market. You know, it's oh, like, it's like it's the same way. We must be with Filipino chicks. So We're like, if, look how fucking hot she is. Yeah, I mean, you know, not to say there's Filipino, nothing wrong with white chicks, but white chicks are kind of like Filipino cheeseburgers. Guys are <laughs> they're everywhere. You know what I mean? I think we can all agree there's a lot wrong with white. A chicks. lot of Filipino guys aren't faithful. A lot of Filipino guys piss away their money at the cockfights. A lot of them leave their wives to join Journey. I know okay, what you mean. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're say you got a Filipino girl there and she has to choose between you and Manny Pacquiao. Oh, there's no question she's picking Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao, yeah. But would she think about it a little bit? Well, of course, because if you hug Manny Pacquiao, he's all kind of hard and there's no softness. (laughs) You hug me and I'm warm and and, and when they hug me, they feel safe. Yeah, you're like a a nest egg. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, you know, because as Americans, we're always like apologetic. Like, I'm sorry, I'm such a fat load. And they're like, oh, no, Tim, it feels so good. It feels so good, Tim. When I hug you, it's warm and you make me feel safe. Go as figure. opposed, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got zero value here. Do you want to hug Tim and tell me what you feel? <laughs> Stella? Yeah, does anyone want to hug Tim and tell them? Let's go around the room, hug each other, and tell oh, the first words on. Does anyone nice. have any more questions for Tim? White Gorilla, crowning achievement. You that appearance, what crowning achievement in your career? Or? I went full retard, and you're, apparently you're not <laughs> supposed to go full retard. What? Is there any way to post those again? No, thank God they're gone. I'd get fired from every show I've ever <laughs> no, been on. You would. Those are brilliant. You would I would rather live in Asia right now. Because um, it's just like it's like it's like kind of like a holiday all the time because the pace is so slow. Like I'm still on island time. Like everything seems like everybody talks really fast here and drives really fast and makes decisions really fast. And I've just been on island on a island with a bunch of Indonesian people and it's very, Balinese and it's, everything's very slow. Like my to do list is like two things every day. You know, like <laughs> buy awesome. toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and one other thing, you know, and did you have to explain to them how to cut your hair? Oh, I haven't got a good haircut in Asia at all. Really? Oh, they only do one haircut. They do the faux hawk, the mo. The really? Little, the little pointy Ed Grimley faux hawk that all the super tools used to wear here, like ten years ago. And now that's there. And now that's there. And and like they'll start cutting my hair, and then I'll have to just stop them and just go no. You know, we say inga is no. It's like inga inga inga. Can you, how much Indonesian can you speak? Uh, means I can only speak a little bit. I can speak. Yeah. I should know more after four years, but, you know. All right. Ten years from now, where will Tim Scott be? Trevor, John, and me. You're not allowed to answer, Tim. Go. Retired in in Bali. (laughs) John? I'm going to say... Business owner. What would that business Bali. be? I, w- I want to say tourism of some sort. Well, that's all Subway. Um, <laughs> like setting up parties for, for tourists when they come to town. <laughs> when you and By has, tourists, do you mean bachelor parties? <laughs> and I think you'll be married, and I think there will be a child in 10 years. Do you see a child? I don't know, man. I'm 48. I'm at the crossroads. I'm either getting no, fixed in the forever. next two years or I'm having a kid. Wait, why not? Why, why not have one late? My dad had me when he was 44, and it was good. It was fine. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there was times where I had the old dad. Really? Yeah. Like, like when like, he was force-feeding eggs down your throat before yeah, going fishing right. at 3 a.m. <laughs> old times where I had the dad. old dad. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I got the, got the energy now that really? I'm older. And I'm selfish. I don't know. And you, you should have a wife to have a kid, too. Yeah, or I think so. Girlfriend. What about, in 10 years, Tim Scott, club DJ in Indonesia? <laughs> Never in a million years. Whatever the, whatever the Indonesian word for... <laughs> what is his name? Danger Moose. Danger Moose. That's genius. Da- the, the polar bear. And... Uh, <laughs> And he's, uh, I think you have a brood by now because what you've decided to do is take 10 wives and you're just having one with everyone so you can get it all done at once and raise them all at once. Hey, Pris, stop it. It's her, it's her knee, I think. Her, 
yeah, her, she's got a bad knee. Uh, that's a great way to end the podcast with all. Oh. <laughs> so you're Chris. thinking about a lot of kids? I think Tim's going to have a lot of kids. I think Tim. Wives? Uh, I think a few wives. If I do something, I do it all the way. This, bu- no, this is going to sound so ignorant. Can you have four, more than one wife in uh, Indonesia? What? Is bigamy or polygamy allowed? You can. You like if I marry an, uh, a Muslim and then I convert, and uh, the way they say it works is if you have the means to support two wives, then you can hmm. or more. But traditionally, the first wife has to agree to it. Ah, really? So if the first wife says no way, then but I've met many second wives, and they're the most unhappy people in the world. Oh yeah, so really? You do see it happen a lot. Yeah, and it's mostly just because the guy's rich and he can provide her a better life. Right. Like I met this one second wife, and and I asked her, um, you know, how often do you see him? And she goes, I see him on Fridays between one and three o'clock. Oh, how nice would that be? And I'm like, does that mean he just comes over to nail you? And she goes, yeah. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I roll in. If I could see my kids more often, I just roll in. I'm like, hey, what's up? This is your two hours. Get it all in. And then all the stories, all the fucking notes from the week just piled into two hours. And oh, it'd be fucking perfect. <laughs> it's like, okay, here we go. So I got an A. George, you got to see. Like, just, just barrel through like you have an assistant to tell you about your life. Uh-huh. Just sit there nodding uh-huh. politely. First wife. Then the second wife just is all the fucking fun and ice skating. Yeah. Yeah, this, hey, this she's trying to get your attention. Baby maker. <laughs> she'll go like, so when you don't look, she'll go, um, <laughs> All right, so uh, how do we end this podcast? We're at an hour 33 right now. Well, why don't we hour predict what, what, what Trevor's going to be in 10 years and what you're going to be in 10 years? I'm going to be very wealthy. Trevor will be probably working for me. So will you. Tim will have Tim will be running my Asian leg of my company. <laughs> you said that to be insulting, and I was like, "Oh, good, okay, yeah, that's I'm happy to be working. I'm happy working." Dude, if I'm still in this man cave in ten years, I'll be a happy dude. Still, I don't give two shits. Priscilla have a new knee. <laughs> Georgia and Ila will be in their teens. I'll be getting ahead, ready to get off to college. Ready, ready for me to bum you out ten years from now? Priscilla's gone. Oh, oh shit! Priscilla will be I dead. Just made it real. Yeah, oh, Priscilla will be dead. Mona will still be around. The fucking tank. shit dog. She's a, she's a tank. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to enjoy everything. Yeah. Um, John will have absolutely no hair by then. Oh, dude. <laughs> you don't think they're going to fix that in 10 years? It'll be a pill. Hopefully, hopefully. There's got to be. That will definitely be cured in 10 years. Lorenzo will still be going to CrossFit. <laughs> Except he'll be the dude that's. Like uh, he'll be, the, he'll be the guy. Remember the black dude that used to work at the YMCA, the boxing guy that used to drive you fucking nuts. <laughs> like, like, you're doing it wrong. You're like, fuck you. I'm just trying to work out. I don't want to fight anyone, man. <laughs> That'll be Lorenzo. <laughs> I was like, fucking leave me alone. I don't. I'm gonna have to fight this guy because he won't leave me alone about my form. That'll be Lorenzo. I'll get. We'll get a call from Tim in the middle of the night. Get a flight to Indonesia. I killed a chick. <laughs> oh, no. Pris, stop growling. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Tim. It was, it was good seeing you again. Fun. It was really come good visit. seeing you again. You got to come visit. I got the room. Yeah, I'm not going to come visit in, as long as I'm married. 
Oh, fucking! Because I will play up Mr. Handsome ten times. You want to talk about a guy trying to catch something in Indonesia? That's me. They call me the honeypot. I just roll through. God damn! I can't imagine that. When they don't call you Mr. Handsome, you're just losing your shit. Going, my friend Tim said you'd call me Mr. Fucking Handsome. Tim pulls me aside. Hey, man, you cannot hit them. Like, I'm like, (laughs) why not, man? Why not? No, you can't. You you said said everyone's cool with that. Not even if they don't call me Mr. Handsome. If you're hitting them, yeah, you got. <laughs> this podcast just turned dark. They would love you, though. They would absolutely really. Love you. Oh yeah, because they just if there's a saying, if one Indonesian knows something, they all know it. The minute one meets you, it would just like spread like. Oh, there They'd goes the taking... little dick rumors. <laughs> They'd be. Have you seen Mister would... Handsome Little Dick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The motorbikes would be rolling in from the village into town just to see you. The uh, well, I appreciate, it, man. It's good seeing you, Tim. Good to see you. It's uh, well. I'm I'm doing okay. I got a dog that won't stop growling. You got a lovely family. I got a fucking blown out heel spur. Dog with a bad ACL. A cat with a missing toe. Two kids. We lost a fish today. Oh, yeah. Fucking bad fish. day, man. Yeah, we lost a fish. That's always tough. Maybe yeah. we should end this with hey, stop it. Tim singing his favorite Indonesian folk song to us. In- yeah. Just hold on loosely. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let it go. I love you guys. Thank you very much, Tim. Thank you. You're welcome. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.